There's power in a drum beat on a hill above the sea. Power in the voice of a supporter. But it all amounts to nothing. Together we don't sing. Welcome to the Loyal Locals Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Dyer. Uh, still alive, still kicking, and we still have a game to play at the very least after a thrilling win in the desert in Las Vegas uh, that saw a large and rowdy contingent of San Diego Loyal supporters uh, cheering on the team at uh, now, I want to bring on, before I get uh, rambling, let me bring on producer John Cross. John, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. It was quite, uh, quite the busy and exciting week this week. So it's funny, you know, every week I introduce you and I say I'm going to bring on producer John Cross. I, I should tra- be transparent and say, I am not doing anything. I am not bringing him on. That, that is like the magic of podcasting. I'm not doing that. John is bringing himself on, but I don't think it, it really uh, serves the show or, or furthers, you know, the enjoyment of a listener or viewer. If I say, and now bringing himself on is producer John Cross. That sounds a little weird. I think it raises more questions than it answers, but I just wanted to acknowledge <laughs> that I literally don't do anything. Uh, you know, <laughs> Every day, every week we do this podcast. I'm racing home from Carmel Valley to get here on time. You know, we push the podcast back to 8.15 to give me a little grace, um, which sometimes still is not enough. And John is uh, ever patient and ever uh, amenable to to these, uh, these things, these factors. So... Uh, my thanks to you. And yes, John brings himself on. He does all of the hard work here. You're you're giving away all the secrets here. Yeah, I'm, I feel like I got to peel back the curtain a little bit. You know, we are on a, uh, you know, a limited, you know, we don't know when this ends, right? We're just uh, on this ride till the very end. Uh, I, before, and yes, we are going to talk about the uh, the match in Las Vegas, and we are going to talk about this Sunday's playoff game against the hated Phoenix Risings out of uh, the the valley in the desert. Um, But the first thing I wanted to hit on, because I was so moved by it, is um, an article in ESPN FC uh, by local uh, San Diego soccer journalist uh, Cesar Hernandez. Um, he covers uh, mostly Liga Emekis for ESPN.com, but he wrote uh, basically the uh, the love letter to San Diego Loyal and its fans that uh, I think the the club really deserved. Um, kind of told the whole story from the beginning. He hit on all of the key points that we talk about all the time. He talked about the uh, the 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 challenges of 2020. 
He talked about the, uh, of course, the supporter group. Um, he talked about the controversy with MLS and and the implications of that league coming in. And he talked about the closed pyramid. And I mean, he just hit every single note, everything that we've been talking about. Um, it's all in there and done so in a way that was really moving and really personal. And I just wanted to, at the top of the show, uh, once again, uh, give him, uh, uh, you know, sing his praises a little bit because um, I don't imagine there's any loyal fan who did not read that article, but just in case, uh, I wanted to to acknowledge that here. Um, we do have a third um, to bring on, uh, and uh, I know John just pulled up the the article. I was trying to sneak Dylan in because I wanted to hear what he had to say about it as well. Um, our our, our uh, the host of the uh, the our tactic show, Dylan. Hi, how's it going, guys? Can you hear me all right? Yes. Okay. Good. Sorry. Apologies for my tardiness. Uh, everything came down at once right there at the end on me, right when I was trying to get ready. But um, yeah, I'm glad you brought me in. Um, I also really enjoyed this article. It actually took me a few attempts to get all the way through because I made me pretty emotional a couple of times. Um, not not to say what it wasn't like an excellently written article. That was exactly the problem. It was very, very well written. And I felt it captured the, uh, the emotion in a really real way. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know Caesar that well. I met him a, once or twice, um, and I had the pleasure of hosting a, one of these podcasts with him and Tony. Um, so I was wildly out of my depth as far as San Diego soccer goes there. But um, yeah, just a beautifully written article, and um, it's really cool to have... I don't know, it feels like we're a little bit represented on the national stage there. You know, it's like, um, you know, I know... Caesar's got his 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 own career covering Liga MX, but um, I think he probably as close to one of our own as as we're gonna get on ESPN. You know, you know, if the if the Mexican national team wasn't playing tonight and him uh, having responsibilities, uh, he would actually be here. I did message him and tried to get nice. him on the show nice. tonight, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, like you said, he does have like a, a job to do, <laughs> so. Um, yeah, that's why I wanted to talk about his article, uh, you know, at the top of the show, just because, um, you know, I don't know if I've seen, you know, it, the story, you know, comprehensively captured anywhere before, um, like it was there. And like, I mean, what, a, I mean, ESPN, you know, love it or hate it, you know, what, uh, what, what the, the right place for that, that article, I, I believe. Yeah, I, I agree. Right? It's. They have such a wide audience. I think it was good to get that story told there. Sorry, John, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say it was, I think, for probably a good article for anybody to read just to get an idea of what's going on here. But I think if you are a local or a fan of The Loyal, this really hit home, this article. And it is all of Caesar's stuff, very well written. And, um, there are just some great lines in there. I know there are a lot of quotes that were on Discord that people had had put out there and commented on, but it was, um, as Dylan said, it was one that really, for me, same thing. It, I got through it in one reading, but you know there were a couple of comments that really gave me pause in a good way, right? To think about about the memories we've had with this club and the supporter group and this team. And what an awesome thing we've built over these last four years. And really the general attitude that 
you know, a lot of teams and places would have like fans and everybody would have just left. Like, well, the team's gone. Well, I'm gone. And it's been the exact opposite with everyone from the front office. They're going full steam ahead to the very end. We're going full steam ahead to the very end. More, as Cesar put it, a celebration than, you know, than a, a pity party. He even right? got the front <laughs> office people in the article. Like, literally, he is quoting people from the front office. Like, he really did hit every note. <laughs> I thought of getting story. the, like, the like grief psychologist or i don't remember the person's official title but like that was a really nice touch too because i think that is an important part of this discussion is like the stages of grief as somebody who is fully still in the denial stage um yeah it uh, i thought that was a really nice touch so um and i think a, a good segue here um i know john you, you mentioned a lot of the the quotes from the article um loyal coach Nate Miller talked about um, if you are dying <laughs> kind of a macabre uh, way to put it but he's he was talking about the fight in the team and how you know if you live every day like your last or you play every game like it's your last you know it, it, you know you can accomplish kind of great things and um, the fight in in these players I think has, really bubbled up to the top over these last two matches, the, the match at home uh, where we got the Oakland monkey off our back uh, after not being able to beat them for a long time. Uh, that four to two victory, which the second goal they scored was kind of like uh, an afterthought. Um, and then uh, in, in Las Vegas uh, and we kind of talk about this Las Vegas game Um there is going to be a uh, lounge after the show. So there is a whole story um, about the contingent of uh, supporters who made the trip to Las Vegas um, and, uh, you know, staying right on there on Fremont street and um, all of the things that happened uh, at the game before the game, after the game. Uh, so uh, Jason Ratcliffe uh, is going to be here to talk about that. So, um, we won't get too much into that, but uh, it was incredible. Uh, I had to, I was not able to go. I watched it on, on the screen and uh, the camera angles in that baseball stadium, as weird as they were, did a great job in capturing uh, the robust support San Diego Loyal had and uh, none of the support Las Vegas had. I, I have to say I was actually surprised that there were a decent amount of people sporting Las Vegas Lights garb at the stadium. I, it could just be because it was the last game of the season or they knew there was going to be a large traveling contingent. Um, but, uh, I mean, they were obviously not as loud, but I, I was surprised to see the amount of people there. I expected a pretty empty stadium other than our section. I, I have a quick question for you about the in-stadium in atmosphere because – I want to get your take of it being inside the stadium as a supporter group, because one, we could hear you. I mean, loud. They had microphones nearby or cameras that you guys came through loud and clear on the broadcast. But the fact that they played in stadium music during the match, 
drove me crazy. I didn't know if that was intentional to try to drown the that's supporters what they do. out. That's yeah, what they that's, do. it's not a unique thing to that game. They may have turned it up. That is because so we were annoying. Allowed. Yeah, but it's their whole thing is that they do things differently. I mean, they literally have mattresses and kiddie pools on the side of the field at, at Cashman. They have a, a wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-flailing tube man behind the goal. I, their whole thing is like, we are different. And on some level... I kind of respect the attempt, I guess, but yeah, I agree. It's it's a real kind of uh, flying chanclas uh, minor league baseball team vibe uh, at yeah, at their matches. Unlike most, I think USL clubs don't don't do that sort of thing. But it's definitely the kind of place where you're going to have uh, you know uh, rotten egg night, like in basketball or, or something like that. <laughs> um, it's very Las Vegas. I'll give them that. Um, before we move fully away from the article, I did the, the article that we were talking about earlier, Cesar's article. I wanted to just read the quote from Nate Miller that uh, Cesar used to end the article, which I thought was really right, good. That's the um, best line there. Yeah. I want to give Nate the credit here, though, because I think he absolutely nailed it. And I'm going to read the long version of the quote. So oh, sorry to everybody. But we don't know when we're going to die. But if you really live your life like you're going to die, you probably live it differently, Miller said. We know this club is dying. This is it. So how would you do things differently when you know this is maybe your last training session, maybe your last road trip, maybe your last time together? They know this is their opportunity to write this last chapter. We have the power to write the final story ourselves. And I just like chills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, no, no. you know, part of uh, that chapter, uh, I think the person that seems to want to put the exclamation point at the end of it is uh um uh we saw it at the at the end of the match um with the uh frenzied uh attack in a game that was that was won i think um dylan can you can you just kind of uh walk us through what happened in the last five minutes of that that match yeah, I mean, I, I assume you're referring to uh, Adrian Perez's beautiful goal towards the end there. Not um, just the goal, though. I mean, the build-up to that goal yeah. uh, was the type of singular effort on the pitch that I don't know I've seen all year from anybody on this team. It was just this... In, like all of a sudden he found the turbo button and like didn't know that it was there and he was like oh you mean i can just truck these fools and get straight to the goal um yeah it I was, was it was special i i think i said in the discord um once he took that that last touch with his left foot to pass the final defender i don't think there was a person in the stadium who thought he wasn't about to score um even on his weak foot i I got to say, in his post-game interview after the last home game, Perez was, I don't know if you guys watched the presser, but he talked about um, wanting to do something special and, like, having this club ending be a big motivating thing for him. And I got to say, like, he definitely showed it in that last game in Vegas this past weekend because he was on it all game, doing, like, flicks around the corner, beating his man. Um, and then that final goal... I, Honestly, it was my favorite goal he scored all year. I know he scored some incredible bangers, but the confidence that he just, like like you said, he it looked like he was a man dribbling against children. Like, it was just not competitive. He completely outclassed 
everybody who was trying to stop him from doing what he wanted to do. Nobody was going to stop him. It was, it was something to behold. And I felt like that moment uh, more than anything just captured, you know, the way that everybody is, is kind of feeling right now and everything we want to see happen with this team. And love to Adrian Perez too. What a story he's been. The guy was an MLS player and got, I think like almost 50 appearances, but kind of struggled to make an impact and then was playing in the indoor and got his chance with Loyal. And I mean, 10 goals on the season, I think like four or five assists. What a player he's been. He, he actually got my number one spot for player of the year, um, though I was happy Koke won. Uh, but I, I just, what a, like, you can't ask for more. If you're like romantic about sports, like I, I and I think a lot of us in the supporters group are, like Adrian Perez is, you can't ask for anything better than that. You know, yeah, Paris was my vote for player of the year as well. And that game, I mean, finally, I, I don't know, finally, I can't remember if he ever was on team of the week. Um, I think he was last week, before. actually, or no, maybe was not. he last week? He definitely had gold but, of the week last week, but that's, he that's had, what I'm thinking of. yeah, he had other games and matches where. Like he did not make team of the week and didn't, you know, we thought he'd be player of the week. He didn't even make team of the week. You know, there were some times, I think this is funny. Yeah. I think I replied to USL thing. at some point, like justice for Adrian Perez. I remember that. I came on here with my little <laughs> subheader as like justice for Adrian Perez. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But he, I mean, you're right. And that second goal was, was men against boys. I mean, it's just, he, he had a couple of quick touches, just, blew by the defenders slotted at home perfectly i mean that's what we need if we're going to be successful in the postseason we need players not just one but in games to step up in key moments and you know a 1-0 game some we it's soccer something crazy yeah. can happen at 100%. any point in time and and you can't you know you don't want to leave things up to chance and that even though we were dominating the game really um that re that helped seal the victory completely yeah. so I, I want to talk a little bit about the the stadium and the atmosphere because obviously i watching on the stream you know it's different than than being there but one thing that was really kind of irritating i gotta say is that i don't know what kind of supporter section lights has but there was uh, drumming. I heard a snare drum. I heard a bass drum, and I heard a trumpet. Um, so you would hear like the drum beats and the trumpeting a melody of what a chant would be, sp specifically the dolly chant, and then you would hear this chorus of voices singing, and that was the loyal supporters, right? So like all of the drums and trumpet you're hearing is Vegas, but no voices, and then from uh the the way supporter section just i mean you could hear like literally the lyrics of the chants it was coming through like so strongly in that stadium um what was the the situation there dylan with their supporters yeah so i um i don't think there's really a real supporters group for the lights i think there once was i think they called themselves the electric company mm -hmm. um and they may still exist in some shape or form i'm not i'm not really sure i know steve 
uh, Steve Brockhoff, Mr. El Presidente, has reached out um, to them and didn't really get much in return. Uh, so there's not really a supporters group there. Um, there was a lot of families and stuff, which is great to see, honestly, you know, growing the game and all that. But um, yeah, they definitely had like a hired band or whatever, all uh, Orange County um, putting the drum right next to us because they thought I would make us be quiet or something. <laughs> well, so, it didn't work. Things, uh, Jeff had put this in the, in the comments. Did you feel that where you were in the corner really helped amplify the sound? Um, it definitely concentrated us into a pretty small space. And like it got the people who were more loud and more energetic down towards the front because like it's a triangle cone sort of deal. So there's less space at the front, right? So you had your Marklins and Callums with their shirts off in the front row. And then kind of my people like myself who like I, you know, I'm standing and cheering, but I kind of like to also watch the game kind of more towards the back. Um, so, yeah, I think in the end it did kind of concentrate the sound because it you had like the loudest core coming from a very small space. You know, at least they let y'all sit in the front in 2021. Uh, they put us I mean, this is a different stadium, right? I think this was a in 2021 we were at cashman and this was a different baseball right. stadium it was, yeah, different. um but they kind of put us in the same area there in left field but then made us sit at the top of the section even though the seats in front of us were empty they wouldn't let us come down to the front like we had to stay in the top corner um and you know maybe some of us made comments to their staff at the time but yeah uh, I, I, i'm not sure how much honestly thought they put into it because it was it's it was a really nice stadium i think it's pretty new finished in the last three years um there's not much of a second deck though like there is but it's more like executive suite kind of stuff um so yeah, I don't think they had anywhere else to put us honestly i don't think a lot of usl teams travel like uh no like this team traveled for this match. Uh, I think there's some extenuating circumstances that obviously made uh, it more urgent for people to make the away trip. So that was uh, definitely, I think, contributed to the the mass of folks that were there. So uh, I want to look ahead a little bit, and I'm glad we have Dylan on the show because uh, I don't watch the the Phoenix Risings, and I don't uh follow them i don't uh i don't look at the standings i don't know who their players are uh i just know i don't like them dylan we are playing the uh risings of phoenix sunday night at torero stadium in the second and last well maybe not last home playoff match in club history what should we expect from this team well, I can tell that you're not a Phoenix fan because they're not the Phoenix Risings. It's actually the Phoenix's Rising. It's like attorneys general. Oh. Yeah, I know. Unexpected, but yeah, the Phoenix's Rising. Um, yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I haven't watched that much of them either this season. I really don't like Phoenix, so it's not my preferred viewing experience. Um, but they play a very possessive game um, when john morrissey usl tactics would post his graphs about goalkeepers that would show like short passing versus long passing uh the two 
goalkeepers that were furthest in the short passing side were Koke Vegas and Rocco Rios Novo, who is Phoenix's goalkeeper. Um, so they play a not dissimilar style to Loyal. Um, there's like some more nuanced things that are definitely different, but uh, overall they want to control the game by possessing the ball rather than defending like some other successful teams. So um, yeah, I fully expect this to be a pretty heated game. Um, we don't like Phoenix. They don't really like us. Danny Trejo has had an excellent season. I think he finished with like 18 goals or something like that. Uh, was right on the heels of the golden boot winner, Albert Dequa for Pittsburgh. Um, so I, I think the first goal is going to be absolutely massive. You'd think game. at his age, you know, and his acting career, he <laughs> wouldn't have time to... The man's a phenom. I don't know what you want me to say. We've always known that. It's incredible what he's yeah. done uh, in this league. Um, so we've played this team twice this year. Um but the problem is, is that we played them like right away. I was thinking, oh yeah, last season I went to Phoenix for a match, but no, that was actually this season that yeah. I went to Phoenix for a match. Uh, it was just like, I think all the way back in March or something. It was it, yeah. a long well, time if, ago. If you dig into the bums breakdown archive of either time we played Phoenix, because we played them twice in our first four games, I said, it's great that we're getting them out of the way because we beat them and drew, which, so we have the tiebreaker, but if we play them in the playoffs, it's going to be like playing them for the first time. And lo and behold, here we are playing them in the first round. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely, this if, if much like Oakland last year, if you had asked me to pick a playoff team for us to have in the first round at home, we're playing the team I probably would have picked last. So, Sunday night, what could be the final game of this club uh, ever more important for people to come out. And I think I saw in discord that uh, people are going to come out. I think section one Oh nine was close to being sold out, which I don't think has ever happened before. The last I saw was fewer than 25 tickets left, and that was posted in Discord this morning. So I have no idea if those tickets are even still around. I went online just to look at the general tickets, and there are multiple, probably half the sections are completely sold out. And a few of the other sections have seats. So it's, it's going to be a sellout. I don't know how many people will actually get, but... It's few, and then there probably were about a dozen I saw resale tickets because they're marked a different color. But almost all the tickets in there are purchased and not up for resale. So people want their tickets and want to be there for the match on Sunday. And I haven't been uh, looking at Discord very much today, at least. Any word on the uh, away supporting contingent to we should expect? Um, I have not seen anything discussed. Um, I haven't asked Weston about it, but I think it's safe to assume that there will be a solid traveling contingent from Phoenix. Um, I think that, A, it's kind of an obvious trip. I mean, it's not that far, and objectively speaking, you get to leave Phoenix and go to San Diego. And none of their supporters have jobs, so they don't have to worry about (laughs) Monday. Sure, I... Sure, but um, they also don't like us, and they have a chance to end our 
club's existence. I mean, if I were a Phoenix fan, I'd make the trip. Oh man, don't say it yeah, like it, that. It's man, true don't though. Put that yeah, out it's, there. It's, oh it's man. True, though. No, I. It's they, you got to uh, be they honest will sell about it. that oh. section. Yeah, that there are going to be a lot of Phoenix fans there, and I'm. It's it's it's. I don't expect it to happen, but you have to be. I think we have to be realistic with ourselves about like. There's going to be some really perverse motivations for some people in this game. So I think that's a good, and we hadn't planned to talk about this, and I haven't obviously spoken with leadership about this, but uh, that does raise some maybe safety concerns in the stadium that we should be uh, aware of. Um, there have been near incidents in the past with this club and this supporters group coming in. Uh antagonizing members of our group. Uh, we only sit a, a few sections away. They are on the same side of the stadium as us. Um, I don't know if the club or security is doing anything to kind of prepare for this, but um, it's not like uh, Oakland where, uh, you know, they came and hung out with us before the match. Like that's not happening. And, um, you know, some of these precautions are probably warranted. If you are, um, you know, a San Diego fan and you're going to be sitting in that uh, East End really anywhere, I would just be uh, cognizant of kind of the uh, ill temperament of some of their supporters and uh, give them a wide berth and really just pay them no mind. I, 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 oh, sorry, go ahead, John. Well, I would like to emphasize the sum part of that because I don't want to borrow too much trouble and yes I want to fully acknowledge that there have been some incidents in the past that have almost gotten ugly but there's also been a lot of Phoenix fans that have been there that have shared a beer together that are good people I do I do not want to lump the entire supporter group in you know with one broad stroke um, but it's a playoff match, and, and yeah, this is not the time for diplomacy, John. It, te tempers can get up there, but you know, again, I I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't know, become a self fulfilling prophecy or paint them with a broad yeah. brush and all that. Like, but you know, if if you're there in the section and and we're singing for a team, I I don't see how or why there would be any issues. Well, I, there, those issues, issues come up if uh, if loyal lose. Well, okay. So I wanted to say I I actually have had an opportunity to think about this because my roommate who will be at the game actually kind of asked me about this. So I've been thinking about it for a couple of days, and I don't. I think if you don't go looking for issues, there won't be any that come find you. Um, but beyond that, I I would I would ask and urge everybody to consider that while none of us hope or expect it there is a possibility that this is the last time you ever get to do this and so wouldn't you rather expend that energy and that emotional like that emotional fortitude like giving it your all for your team and this club that we've all grown to love like it's I know sometimes you'll hear people say like, whoa, the club's only been around for four years, but I would counter that with like, it's only been four years and look what this has meant to so many people. Like I, I don't think that 
in retrospect, when we all reflect on this, anybody will be happy with themselves if they let this opportunity get away from them, if that makes any sense. Don't tarnish it. Like, it's just not worth it. Phoenix yeah, I think fans it was... are, it's literally not worth it. If shit kicks off, like, literally not worth it. Sorry. I think it was little John who once said, don't start no shit, won't be no shit. Turns out and... for what, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, win or lose after the match is over, we still do our we are. Our attention should still be on the players on the field. We should still celebrate what we've had for four years. We, I, but yeah, I, these are some things we have to think about because it could end up being a frustrating loss at the end. And and we really- And they are going to enjoy that. Their season. supporter group is they going will. to enjoy the hell out of that. As they should, right? If you win a playoff game in an away stadium and you've, you've upset someone else, but we still can control how we react to all of that. And, you know, we should still make it a celebration at the end and make it a good experience no matter what. And Hopefully, at the end of the day, they the have win. to drive back to Phoenix. So we I win mean, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. There is no worse punishment. Driving back to Phoenix and then living there. I mean, if you like, just on top of the weather, if you want to revisit this in the lounge, we can get all infrastructure and sanity about this and just talk about all the ways Phoenix is terrible. So, <laughs> well, I think we've, I th think we probably spent uh, enough time on that. I want to do a little look ahead. Now, I don't want the players or the coaching staff looking past Phoenix, but we don't have those restrictions. And there is an interesting <clears throat> possibility. Uh, if we do win, um, it will be on a Sunday. Now, the uh, other teams that are in our playoff bracket are playing on Saturday. Uh, I think this is El Paso, right? El Paso and Orange County, or is it? Yes. Yes. Okay, so Paso and Orange County are playing on Saturday. If Orange County wins, we will be going... Well, so first, let me let me back up a little bit. I think it'll be easier to talk about it this way. If El Paso wins, we get a second home game. Assuming well, we that's beat not the only scenario in which we get a second home game. If Sacramento or well, Phoenix right, loses, but next home, two in a row. No, but I'm saying like either one of those clubs can lose. And I'm, I'm talking just for the next. I'm talking just for the next round, though. No, like, yeah, if, yeah, me as well. If, me as yeah. well. I'm if, saying. If, because if this bracket, as it's set up, is not actually how it works. It's very specific in the rules of the playoffs. It's reseeded each round. So oh, the okay. highest remaining I, seed. I don't. I don't think it is this year. I'm gonna. I'm gonna Google it right now. Okay. You. you we'll keep talking think... about stuff. I'm okay. Google so. It. Okay. Is it? Is there a possibility that we play? Because uh, this is breaking news, breaking my brain. Um, <laughs> if if San Diego wins against Phoenix. Okay, Jason says they don't recede. Jason is my like official fact checker in the comments. Um, <laughs> well, I'm gonna pull up the website. So, oh no, you're right. Fixed bracket. Shit. All right. So, yeah, we, we, we can do. edit wow. this. That's we can edit dumb, this out, dude. and then nobody oh, will know. God. Okay, no, so we're not gonna edit this out. It is okay. Dumb, so, if uh, San Diego wins and Orange County loses, then we get a second round home playoff game against the. El Paso locomotive. Easy, easy, easy. Now, Orange County is favored, right? And Orange County, 
obviously has a tiebreaker over us. If Orange County wins, we will be playing away at Orange County. The danger there is that we will know that on Saturday, but we won't know if we even are going to be their opponent. So I don't know what the away supporter situation in Orange County is going to be. If there is that second round playoff match, Orange County is very aware of how we travel. They don't like it. Um, they have tried to make things difficult for us in the past by splitting us across the stadium. Uh, the, the last time we traveled, uh, they had us on the opposite side where we had been previously, I think, to get us off camera. Um, I, I don't know how they are going to treat a playoff match with uh, the away contingent that we will bring should those tickets be available. Uh, championship well, stadium is not the largest stadium in USL by far. So that game will sell out. Now, will it sell out before Boyle gets its allotment of tickets? Are we going to even be able to bring as many people as we saw in Las Vegas, if not more to this match? Well, I, I know there's people in the background that are working on this and I don't believe there's an answer yet. So pay attention. This is Tuesday night as we're recording. So um, pay attention in Discord for any updates to that. I don't believe Orange County, I, I do not know this for certain, but I would imagine per USL in the playoffs, they have to reserve at least a section, some some designated area for away supporters. That would just be, I mean, if you got to the playoffs and you didn't allow that, I just think there would be a world of problems within the organization. Now, if it's one section like we had last time, you have an issue who gets priority is it season ticket members and we have way more season ticket members than could fit in that one section so is there a lottery I, how does that work i have no idea and that will be i'm sure those are all things that are trying to be worked out and doesn't even matter until we win this weekend right we have to win so i'm, I'm sure there's some things that are loosely in place but probably nothing i, I think i wanted to mention it because um there was chatter in discord about not waiting to find out whether we win or not I was before say, buying tickets i definitely am not recommending or suggesting that i will do this but one could theoretically just the second we know that we'll be playing in orange county just go buy a ga like supporters end ticket in orange county and then just happen to spend your time in the loyal section just a thought that yeah this might be the move I, I don't know i don't like uncertainty i don't like i don't like stress i don't like worrying this is why i don't go anywhere i don't like worrying about where i'm going to park so I, I just never leave the house that's so. why i take the train parking sucks <laughs> i live in the suburbs i mean i just can't there. you know uh, i that's why i don't i don't go anywhere but uh this situation is kind of one where I'm like, you know, I don't even want to mess with it, you know. And if the if the team loses and I'm out, I mean, what are what are the tickets in Orange County cost? Twenty bucks a piece, so I'm out like forty bucks. Eh, it's not the end of the world, um, but yeah, uh, definitely something to keep in mind and be aware of uh, as we get closer to Saturday. Hopefully, there will be more information uh, forthcoming from either the club or or uh, the locals' leadership. Yeah, and a couple quick things to add, because I know we're getting close to time here. Uh, back to the Phoenix match. So I think for Orange County and everything, just to get back to your ticket conversation, is that 
they won't even start selling, I'm guessing, until whether they know whether they've won or lost. So I'm sure there'll be a, a mad rush as soon as, as soon as we know one way or the other from that game. So two big things about this upcoming weekend, because it's playoffs. The first is there's another barking lot. So we got approval from USD to do a barking lot. So that will start at four o'clock. Do, does so USD then, know it will start at four o'clock? Because they didn't know that last time. <laughs> I, I am told they are aware of that. Okay. Um, but it could be our last game at USD. So this is potentially our last opportunity for a barking lot. We thought our last one was, but we, we won that game and put us in a position for a home playoff match. May or may not be, things could fall our way and we could end up with another home game somewhere in the playoffs. But as far as we know, this will be our last one. So if you can make it out there, come out to the barking lot. I'm not sure if there's going to be a post game. This is something we have loosely talked about. We talked about it at our Congress meeting last week because it's Sunday night and it's a playoff game. So it could go to penalty kicks and then be extra late. So there was some talk and I don't think anything has been solidified yet. So keep your ear out for the possibility of maybe a night before type event at O'Brien's on Saturday. So I'm throwing that out there just to just to put it on people's radar if that happens. So keep an eye out on socials and Discord to see if that um, eventually becomes a thing. But that might be a possibility a night before on Saturday. So maybe we could get together somewhere and watch the outcome of that Sacramento-El Paso match as we do a little night before celebration before our match on Sunday. Those are the the big things for this weekend's match all right so um at nine o'clock uh we are going to have a uh lounge uh with uh jason radcliffe for a full debrief of the las vegas away trip the extracurriculars of said trip um so if you uh, want to stick around for that uh please do they will be right back and until then until next week let's go Sorry, I wasn't ready for the video. Hold on. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One more goodbye. Bye, <Okay>. everyone. <laughs> Bye.